0: Welcome to Series 2, Episode 4. In this episode, I host a technology panel with Virtual DCS, NIMBOX and Biscuit IT. We'll be covering the topics that IT managers should be focusing on right now, including how you can ensure your business data remains yours during the current crisis and how, if you use Microsoft 365, you could unknowingly be leaving your data at risk. From ransomware to phishing, secure file sharing and insider threats, to remote working and customer priorities, we'll be covering a range of topics for businesses of all shapes and sizes. Thanks for being a fab listener and don't forget to subscribe welcome to the johnny ross audio experience i'm johnny ross founder and digital marketing strategist of fleet marketing each podcast i'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you to give you some great business growth takeaways and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve adapt and grow i look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast so here we go Hi everyone uh, and welcome to our live Q&A. Today we've got a technology panel. Uh, We've got uh, some fantastic people on the panel. Uh, Just to remind you, this is being uh, live streamed in our Facebook group, the Coronavirus Yorkshire Business Support Group. It's also on YouTube and on LinkedIn today as well. Uh, So feel free to comment. If you've got questions, please do ask. Uh, we're aiming this at IT managers or sort of uh, small businesses, and, and maybe the person that's in in charge of the IT. Uh, Jason, Jason Newell, we've got from uh, Nimbox. Uh, say hi, Jason.
1: Morning, Johnny. Morning,
0: everybody. Morning. Uh, we've got uh, Phil Burke from Biscuit. Morning, guys and guys. You're also f- Biscuit IT. You're also uh, Yorkshire Telecoms. Is that correct? Yorkshire Telecom. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And uh, Richard May from Virtual DCS. You're Hello, one everyone. Of one <laughs> of our sponsors of the group hey <laughs> how are we all we okay Jason how are you
1: uh, Good, good bit warm today um but yeah generally keeping fit and well managing bit... to get out and running a lot so
0: excellent yeah I'm going to talk about that you're a coordinator for Park Run, aren't you
1: uh, I am a volunteer for Park parkrun yeah, yeah.
0: Phil how's uh, lockdown been for you well the town has come along absolutely brilliantly
2: Johnny thank you very much for asking uh, <laughs> the, uh, the workload doesn't seem to
0: have uh, depleted very much we're uh, we're as busy as ever are you mm. mad- mad wow. so. right and uh, and richard you're never out the house any oh no that's not true you're uh, at work you work from home a lot of the time um uh, so is, is this been very, much different for you uh, the garden is looking fantastic.
3: I've got to say. <laughs> 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 but, but other than that, other than that, no, just the, norm, the normal trial of trying to work out when work time is and when not when uh, when play time is really.
0: <laughs> so, so as I said, this is a technology panel. Uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things from business data to ransomware, from uh, and and phishing secure files uh sharing and insider threats uh business continuity and disaster recovery all sorts of different things so if you do have questions please do ask uh and uh, and we'll put them to the panel nikki Towler's has already said good morning good morning to you uh, as i said we're live streaming on three different platforms today if you're watching the uh the replay put hashtag replay that would be really good um so um uh, um let's start with uh, phil because Phil you're a um, you're an IT business that serves sort of SMEs what I mean I'm guessing that uh, there's been a whole range of issues for some of your clients what what's going on with your clients right now are they are they are they all remote working or are some of them stepping back or going back into the office or what's what's going on with your clients right now what are their problems
2: it's been a real mixed bag hasn't it really i can't think of any business that hasn't been affected by what i refer to as the madness over the last 12 weeks and reality is some clients are better um placed to deal with it than others um we've we've got every kind of client you could think of in every walk of life and some have adapted very very well to it and some have really struggled to the point that some clients just simply don't have the knowledge uh, to be able to work from home so the guys have been really really busy helping out and then we've got other guys that have been working from home and we've not even realized that they, they are now working from home
0: Everything and your your, t- your typical client sort of 15 users upwards sort of uh, even you've got some of uh, the 250 users Is that yeah, the with, of... with, with,
2: with some very large ones and with some very small ones and again uh, every walk of industry that you could think of a uh, lot of the professional guys have their own In-house IT managers, Uh, we've helped um, with resourcing, getting people working from home. Classic things like people suddenly not being able to know how to access their own Wi-Fi at home. What's my password? Where do I find my password? Very, very basic things that you take for granted. But in the panic of needing to work from home, they've had to do it.
0: Yeah. And Jason, um, a lot of the things that you've noticed, there's a, there's a, you know, you've noticed a lot of hacking and ransomware going on. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, there's been a big increase in scams that are COVID-19 related going on, trying to take advantage of people's either fears, doubts, uncertainties in in what's going on. And as you'd expect, trying to just catch them out in all sorts of different ways, whether it's by via email, Websites, or even by SMS, Um, seen all sorts of uh, different messaging going on, trying to catch people out and rip them off.
0: And uh, Richard, your your best, uh, you really enjoy uh, writing uh, SaaS uh, software as a service. Um, Is this just giving you more time to be able to spend more time on on something that you really enjoy doing?
3: (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we, we've been really busy as well. Uh, I, I think uh, because everyone sort of had to work from home, I think think the tools like Microsoft 365 have really come into come into their own, uh, and consequently, uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff, helping a lot of our partners, helping a lot of our customers in in, in doing everything from installing them, or we assisted with a 2,000 seat rollout of Teams, for example. So, uh, so we, we've we've been doing quite. Quite a lot of stuff and then also just encouraging people to think about the the flip side of uh of of all this which is the you know the changes in security the fact that just because it's in the cloud it, it does actually still need to be backed up so there's lots of stuff that, that, that we've that i've been doing so i uh, i i think the bigger challenge is uh, is is making sure i don't upset the wife by working till midnight all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> you richard you talked about um that uh, a lot of uh, businesses will have um uh transition projects hanging around that you know they've been working on for years and there'll be there's been some huge parts and huge thoughts being put into that uh and and then suddenly they've sort of had to uh transition remote work within three days that was the sort of this was the conversation we've had in the past well, just tell us a bit more about about your thoughts there or what you've seen Yeah, I mean, basically what's happened is people have been sat around in dark rooms for years talking
3: about their digital strategy, how they're going to move off of on-prem stuff, how they're going to move to things like using SharePoint online, Teams, uh, and... uh, and, and there's been a lot of conversations about the security and the why's and where's and should they, shouldn't they and all the rest of it. And then and then what sort of happened is all that's gone out the window. And a lot of companies in like two or three days, if you just said, have scrapped the plan, if they even had one, implemented all these things and uh, and, and then have gone ahead, have gone ahead without necessarily uh, thinking or or maybe maybe they have thought but you know just to pay attention to are things being backed up or or as jason would probably comment on about things like you know your your the way you're protecting your data uh that has you know it is it's it's definitely still your responsibility whether a cloud person's got it or whether you've got it yourself what do you think about that jason
1: yeah i mean there's uh there are lots of different risks in in working in different ways from the insecurity of home networks to to the multiple uses of devices whether it be for um, doing work on home-based devices or doing your social media on your work device to allowing other people to access it Um, and again back to where where that data is held and how it's protected in transit as well so my feeling is that a lot of people have moved to these this new way of working in, a, in an unplanned and unstructured way. And whereas in the office, you have a set of policies and procedures around how you work, you'll have analyzed all of your systems as part of your GDPR compliance and identified any risks, et cetera. And the concern is, has everybody done that for the systems they're now using and the way they're now working, have they updated it? And have they thought about um, the data protection side of things and what they need to, to do to bring both the the policies and procedures up to speed but also the staff awareness um people work in a certain mindset when they're in an office environment and um, in a professional way and they don't necessarily have that same mindset and awareness when they're, they're mixing basically their their social time with their their business time
0: well J- jason you uh you um I've talked to you in the past uh, about uh, bandwidth, you know, internet bandwidth. All of a sudden, we're all using video, Zoom, Teams, uh, etc. Uh, there was talk of Netflix and YouTube uh, lower limiting their bandwidth. Um, what is? What, have you seen uh, issues in this area that uh, the, you know that, that, con- that are concerning, or, um, uh, that, you know, or, or what stories have you heard?
1: Um, well, I personally had a few issues um, with bandwidth in, in the first few weeks of lockdown, but that I, that hasn't been noticeable of late. Um, and I know Netflix did cut the resolution of their their streams down to to reduce that as well. But I do know people living locally um, who do struggle massively to connect on any kind of video platform. I um, think like anything else, down to the contention ratio, down to the area you live in and your provider. Um, but most generally seem to be coping but there have been a few outages i think sky um most noticeably went down um a few of the mobile networks struggle intermittently but it's not been as bad as i expected to be fair
0: phil you're you know yorkshire telecoms you you must have some well i mean i guess telecoms industry has just changed vastly since you started uh you started in 96 was it Thank you for reminding me, yes. Well, I mean, you've seen some huge changes. Was that dial-up? Yeah, well, (laughs) it was the Pony Express when we started.
2: The the comments that Jason just made, to me, these are the critical parts to what we're now living with, in that it's all about the connectivity. The services that that we're all providing, in my experience, are superb. The, The tech is brilliant. It works. The hard bit is then educating the user to take advantage of that equipment, which is great. However, if you're like me and you live out in the sticks and your broadband on a good day is 10 meg, you know, you're gonna be struggling. I was on a Zoom meeting last week, halfway through it, talking to some clients in the middle of nowhere. They're in the Northern part of Scotland and my end dropped out. That's a bit embarrassing when you're an IT company or an MD of an IT company advising a customer what technology to use and your own domestic broadband goes down (laughs) the reality is working from home is a doddle if you've got all the tools of the trade tools of the trade being technology broadband connection
0: richard was it yourself talking about um how uh companies are looking at putting in business broadband into uh employees homes was it
3: yeah, yeah, I'd read about that. I mean, basically, I think what what they're going down, it's more the uh, security thing, you know, of maybe of segregation and control. And of course, it's harder to do that when you're when you're on a on a broadband connection that's pretty much unprotected that's being used by everybody. And uh, yeah, there's there's loads of them, loads of them about. So yeah, I, it's it's something which which I've read about. I don't know, Phil, if you've if you've seen any yeah. up, more uptake in that sort of service.
2: Very much so Richard, this is one of the things that uh, we've been looking into, we're trying to look at an opportunity to say to customers, not so much as a sales pitch, but as a a sanity check that if you're using a low grade domestic broadband service at home, the minimum you should do is maybe look at upgrading that to a business grade, there are devices and uh, tools available for you to have a backup to maybe like a 4G SIM, this kind of thing so there are ways that you can do it however uh, kind of we've got the horse in front of the cart the, the key to this lies in the hand of openreach who really need to get their skates on and i think this is where the government need to start putting some pressure that people working from home need connectivity full stop it ends there everybody had good connectivity working from home
3: would be a breeze I think some of it as well is actually the back end providers as well. I think some people naively think that broad brands, broad brands, they are like broad is broadband. Be <laughs> I think but,
1: on that, Richard, I think a lot of people forget about the background to broadband when it was first introduced as a low cost service, um, for people who couldn't um, afford the cost of a full lease line. Um, and they forget, that um with low cost comes low quality of service there's no service level agreements there and people just expect it to work fully at full speed and maybe they don't understand the contention ratio where you're sharing a domestic line with up to 50 people if your contention yeah. ratio of your provider is 50 to 1. you can be sharing with 50 other people in the local area hence the, ban- the bandwidth getting squeezed at times of uh, high usage Are that's
2: not just gone Sorry, I was talking to a, a friend of mine just yes, lives up in North Leeds, and he's just been offered. Um, it's a new service being rolled out by Open Fibre to his premises. So this is a domestic estate, a gigabit fiber for around about 60 pounds a month. You know, oh. I could run NASA with that if I could get half of that where I live. So the sooner we get down that avenue, the better it will be for everybody. Yeah, I've, I've
1: talking to um, an IT service provider who's based in Stockholm um, on a regular basis and he services clients all over Yorkshire and the UK but the connectivity over there I mean you're talking those sort of speeds and Mm. quarter of the cost it's Mm. the infrastructure there is incredible we we're years behind. Years
0: behind. Phil, Phil, you just you just mentioned NASA. Uh, uh, Jason, you just mentioned Stockholm. Am I right? You did a, a, a philosophy of the theory of the cosmos uh, back in your days. Um, but but not only did you study astronomy, uh, you did it. In, you studied it in Danish. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I did. Wow. Um, I had a
1: fantastic <laughs> opportunity with a scheme that's now just this year gone with Brexit, called Erasmus. To go and do an extra year of university at Copenhagen University, and it was quite possibly the, one of the best things I've ever done. But uh, studying supernova explosiona in Danish was uh, quite a
0: challenge. So I assume you must have been watching uh, much of the uh, SpaceX and the uh, ISS recently.
1: Yeah, we we, we watched it uh, on a Zoom actually with, um, ironically, with that guy in Stockholm amongst others right. on the Saturday evening, and um, we've all got into just raw geeks at heart, so.
0: <laughs> uh, Phil, I'm just going get, just back a step. You talked about um, uh, business broadband and, and remote working. Are you uh, seeing anything within your clients where they are looking at closing offices or, or reducing office space and turning to remote? Scarily so.
2: Um, I, I would say the vast majority uh, of clients I've spoken to over the last 12 weeks uh, have slowly come around to the realization that this new norm actually is quite palatable as richard said i mean richard's named every blade of grass in his back garden they all have individual names by now i'm sure mine's not dissimilar to that i spent more time in the garden than anywhere else however if you can get the connectivity if you've got the wi-fi out there why not it'd be a different story if it'd been chucking it down with rain or blowing a gale and i think our clients have come to that realization too that if you can still achieve the same outcome where you actually reside whether it be an office home on a beach wherever if you've got the connectivity it's not so much of a problem and my concern there is buildings are going to be becoming uh, less important to clients um, suppliers as well where's you're just going to be on the on the roads and all you're going to see is delivery truck after delivery truck after delivery truck because you don't go to the office anymore You'd be turning up at home with whatever it is that you've got this week that, that, to me that's you know that is the future of what we're talking about here you can get everything at home
3: i think i think i think one thing that i would i would say to that though is that i think uh, the uh, the lack of social interaction uh, you can't you, you can't be and I, I think one thing we've particularly noticed with our support engineers is that maybe they're not quite as efficient as they were before because historically they'd all been sat together in a room one person overheard here someone else talking we're all techies so we all like playing with each other's train sets so suddenly suddenly before you know it you know people are helping each other solve problems problems so we're seeing a lot more of people maybe isolated flogging and flogging away at an issue where if they'd been in a room with other people they'd have been more likely to shout out and the other the other thing as well is that uh i think jason's probably in his kitchen from what i can see from here but uh but it's where you work. I mean, I'm fortunate that I've got a home office, whereas whereas you know we have we have company Zoom meetings, and I can see I can see one lady obviously working in a utility room because her laptop's on top of the washing machine. So, uh, so 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 whilst whilst for some people I think it, it, it's it's easy to say yeah work from home. Other people where they haven't got the space or or maybe or or maybe they benefit from the
1: interaction. It, it's it's a different story. Go. Yeah. Well, i had to buy um, a desk um for the other room to try and segregate um my working and social time because yes i'm in the kitchen at the moment but normally i work in, in what is my son's bedroom um but because i was spending so much time sat on the chairs i had to go and get my office chair from the office um, <laughs> causing me back problems so Just because it's carpeted in there, it doesn't work very well with the office chair. So I'm back in the kitchen.
0: Um, I'd like to um, get into a bit more uh, nitty gritty around uh, uh, cloud. And um, what I've noticed is that uh, this crisis has uh, sped up the move to the cloud so i think a lot of us especially uh, people like yourself richard have been talking about the cloud for a long time been involved in it for a long time um and been trying to educate businesses into moving um i think i think what i'm noticing personally is that i think this is, has sped this process up um what is, is that the is that the answer then do we just all richard is that the answer do we all just need to move our our data to the cloud and that solves solves our problem
3: uh, I think I think it's it's, it's a solution uh, I mean uh, the, the biggest areas that we're seeing growth in at the moment are is is three six five backup which is uh, which is a, a, one of our products where we're enabling people to get their data off the cloud and back it up somewhere else so that, so, they, so it's secure and protected because uh, I, I think one thing that people forget about in, in cloud is the fact that, that it works on what they call a joint responsibility model so for example microsoft are responsible for providing a service but they take no responsibility at all for your data so they could lose the whole lot and just say yeah have a nice day you should have had it backed up. you should have had it protected so that that that's that's one thing about the cloud that people need to pay attention to it's not utopia the other the other area we're seeing a lot of is desktop as a service so uh, obviously people have gone home with their laptops and maybe trying to function in the same way as they were before but uh, but to things like desktop as a service would actually enable companies to implement more security, because rather than actually running things locally on the desktops within people's houses, they could actually be still running them in the secure environment of a of a data centre, restricting what people can do quite tightly, which protects against uh, things like viruses, malware as well, but also data leak- leakage, information protection. So, so the two there, my two biggest gro- biggest growth areas, and I. And I I think if you start putting those things together with some other products that other people on here might be actually pushing then uh, then you, you can create quite a good uh, quite a good cloud cloud, cloud solution uh, yeah. and and I, and I also think it gives you the versatility then to be wherever so you can be in the office you can be working at home and that flexibility now everyone's been bought laptops and things like that i, I think is something that's definitely going to be uh, a thing for the future
0: Although just talking about that, the laptops, uh, I think you, you, your insurance company or, or uh, one of them they, they were looking to move remotely, but one of the biggest problems was they couldn't get the hardware. Is that that right?
3: That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the insurance um, as well the the um uh, you talked about uh, uh um uh, sorry richard from your point of view um you've got two uh, main offerings which is uh, reselling what you do but also uh direct to some of the larger businesses out there if if we if we're talking about the some of the larger businesses that you are working with um are we anywhere near to uh the um the the flipping point of uh, of converting to the cloud, do you, do you think in in the sort of corporations that that you're working with?
3: I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think a lot a lot of them where where possible have started to work from home. I I can see call centers going, going, going to be more home based or is that not the question?
0: (laughs) So no sorry. I I should have. Sorry. So forgetting the crisis, I'm just talking in general, large corporations. um, Do you think we've seen the tipping point of them converting to the cloud? This may have this may have uh, sped things up, but I'm some of the clients that I work with. You know, I think they're still far from it. Uh, And I'm just wondering from your point of view, if if you think we're even at the tipping point on some of the large corporations yet.
3: I think sometimes the large corporations have got more op- more options. It's more the it's more the smaller companies, small to mediums, that actually probably benefit from the cloud more in some ways, because the large the large companies have got the economies of scale to be able to afford all the all the kit, etc. etc. Where, you know, a fifteen person company or even a fifty person company may not just have the money to be able to implement their own telephone system or their own SharePoint solution or their own team solution. So so whilst whilst I think yeah the, the big cor- the corporate arena has will move to the cloud I still think that the uh, the Smes can benefit faster
0: and, and Phil going on the SME side do you, have we reached the tipping point of companies converting to the cloud I think it
2: certainly put uh, I think it's certainly put the target in front of many many companies uh, again companies we've been speaking to they've just seen this madness as I keep referring to it as uh, the opportunity to Reflects the option of being able to work from home. And, and as Richard said, it's a hybrid. To me, it's an option. Um, you can work in the office some days, you can work out of the office other days, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the, the, the critical bit here is having the option. And if, you, if your data is not secure, if you don't have the right tools to do the job with, 365 backup is a classic example, as Richard mentioned. We've got clients we're saying to them, Well, you need three six five backup and they're saying, Well no, it comes with it comes out of the box. We we get backup. No, you don't. The application is back up, but your data isn't and your data isn't secure. That bit of education is the thing that I think a lot of people need as they move slowly or quickly, whichever it may be, into working from a home. Uh, I'm not I'm right. don't necessarily play at home and vice versa.
0: Am I right, Richard? You developed a product where Um, you can, uh, instead of having to do a mass restore, you can uh, restore individual inboxes or individual uh, users. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, we have a, we, we've utilized the the Veeam engine to to do three six five backups, uh, but then we've written a complete front end portal where anyone from a web browser, be it an IT department or if they so wish, the end user themselves can go in and help themselves to any of their files that they've lost. Whenever whenever they lost they lost them, they can stick them back where they came from, back onto the cloud, download them, email them to somewhere else. But yeah, e- either files or complete mailboxes all all completely uh uh completely managed via a web browser
0: and there's a and and in fact having a look at you've got a uh, a portal for resellers to be able to do exactly the same thing and manage all of that is that correct
3: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So resellers can can utilise our product and literally have a list of all their customers and manage all their backups for them. Be alerted to failures, warnings, uh, and, and basically do all that uh, with their own branding. And they can be on within minutes if they, if if they if they if they want
0: to offer that service. J- Jason, you're. Um, uh, a lot of the work you do is, is around the, the actual data itself and, and some of the files. The, I, I guess the issue there is around uh, encryption and, and authentication. Is that is that correct?
1: Um, encryption, absolutely. Um, especially working remotely all. You know, we advise everybody to have all the hard drives encrypted. If you've got Windows 10 um, Pro, it comes with, with BitLocker. And there are third party applications out there. Our product. Um, it does encrypt the data in, you know, stationary and in transit, Um, just allows people to share information either with with customers or between um, teams, Um, as if it was on a, you know, a virtual file server in the office, but it's uh, synced to the cloud.
0: And, and, and how do you and and so what are the issues around that then? So if I've got uh, data that's that's sort of on a a central computer is My concern, if it's not in the office, is that anyone could get to it. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, no, it's with the um, level of encryption that that we've got, um, you know, you know, and we have people regularly test and try to to hack the system. Um, You know, hackers worldwide attempt to to break into it and we manage that effectively so that it, it just doesn't happen
0: okay <laughs> it sounds good <laughs> um and um so so the I, I guess the storage the amount of storage uh, that uh, that companies like yourselves need has just vastly increased in fact was it uh, 250 gig uh, hard drives that you were first installing richard in, in, when you first started yeah
3: yeah 250 gig and i think we're doing 14 terabyte 50. drives
0: at the moment <laughs> yeah 14 terabyte
3: yeah, 14 terabyte drives, and at the moment, we're probably buying about half a petabyte every couple of weeks to a month. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's
0: definitely accelerating. Wow. Wow. And, and, and Phil, what, what have you, you, even in the SMEs, you must have seen some big changes.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think people totally underestimate the amount of data that they use on a day-by-day basis. Uh, the old adage i don't particularly like the, the wording of it but you don't know what you don't know and uh when you talk to a customer these days about um where do you store your files and how big are your files the first question is no idea no idea what it is so the scoping of it and then um when you actually relate to a customer you're storing this much terabyte or petabyte whatever it might be it just it blows the mind
0: what what uh, jason from a a gdpr point of view and a compliance point of view um what are the things that we need to consider um and um you know we've we've probably rushed these plans and moved data quickly um what are the things that we should be considering and and the things that we we should make sure that are in place
1: um well, with GDPR, one of the requirements was to, to make an assessment of, of all of your data, the data type and where it was stored, and um, of the systems that you were using. If you're using a software as a service, maybe a hosted CRM, um, maybe an um, online accounts package, maybe online files, um, storage and sharing, um, and review those risks. And if people are using systems that they haven't previously used, a classic example, so many people are using Zoom now. Um, there was a very public announcement by uh, the government that they were doing a, a, a cabinet meeting over Zoom. And two days later, there was a, a load of Zoom videos found in an unsecured Amazon S3 bucket. So I wouldn't have been advertising the fact that I was having those meetings on there had that been risk assessed. Um, but as a business, you need to assess all of your systems and processes as well. You know, are you emailing sensitive information around when you should be sharing it more securely. Is the system you're using um, giving you what we, we call zero knowledge protection? Are they reading and scanning and sharing your stuff with third parties? Um, those reviews should take place as a matter of course. And my concern is that a lot of people may have missed those um, reviews in terms of how they work and where the data is residing and how it's moving in transit.
0: And um, just going, I've got a question here uh, that's coming on LinkedIn uh, with regard, I think it's to Richard, with regard to how far can the data go back uh, to restore? So, for example, a lawyer might need longer retention, for example. What, uh, how far can, uh, can you go back on data?
3: Uh, as long as you like, we have a limited, unlimited retention. And uh, at the moment, we're just about to implement immutability as well, which means that not only can we store the data, but we can guarantee it's never been
0: changed as well. So I wanted. So I wanted to hear more about this topic. Tell us. Tell us about data immutability. Uh, it's really just. It's
3: basically like. Uh, here is your. T- here is your. T- here is what you said earlier. But yeah, freezing your data. So. Uh, so. So obviously, things like ransomware attack data, and they attack it by rewriting it and encoding it. If immutability basically means that once it's written, it can't be changed, which is particularly useful against ransomware, but also useful in legal terms where you can prove that a document is original, and in things like a medical where you might want to, you know, make sure that those medical records have never been tampered with. That that's what you can achieve with immutability. And is this data manipulation
1: is a big risk, isn't it? So it's a big threat as, as much as data theft and data loss. Data manipulation is is. Uh... You know, is this something that,
0: that businesses are aware of or is it something that they need that you need to educate them on is, are they coming uh, to you asking for this or is this something new
3: it is, it is something fairly new, uh, it, but bear in mind, not everybody needs it, but yeah, there's, there's other ways of, 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 protect, of protecting data, but, but in terms from, from the point of view of, of law and, pe- and things like that, where you a- actually want to guarantee your files aren't changed or ransomware protection, it's obviously quite useful.
0: Okay. Um, uh, Phil, you've only recently uh, started working more with Veeam Um, What was your reason for uh, moving to that product?
2: Yeah, we've we've been aware of it for quite some time now. Uh, Always found it to be a fantastic product along the way. Um, We looked at various when we set the biscuit up four years ago, we kind of set off, I suppose, into uncharted waters, not really knowing which way uh, we were going to go and what product sets fitted best for us what we've found over time is that certain products that we set out with don't necessarily fit the bill these days so a bit darwinian i suppose we've adapted and adopted as time's gone by and the some of the major benefits around Veeam are obviously as richard and jason have been saying already it's more cloud focused um it's something that's easy to deploy it's easy to use customers in general have heard of it you're ticking a lot of boxes
0: uh, as a product to sell to end users jason or richard what would you add uh, on there about Veeam? you i mean for for you it's a, a major part of your business both of your businesses i, I think uh
3: I, I mean i mean to to us we pick we pick Veeam because they've been they've been around now since 2008 we've been working with them since 2008 and i, I think i think they're they're clearly ahead of the game. They're, lead, they're leading leading in the field. And, and the other thing I think that, that Veeam's done, which is really interesting, is, is just the, what they've done to the prices in the market. I mean, I've been doing, offering disaster recovery now for 10, 12 years, and you've seen the price of providing, say, real-time DR protection to a server going from thousands to hundreds of pounds. And a lot of that's been enabled by the by, by, by companies like Veeam with the technology and, the, and their price points that they're pushing out.
0: Jason, um, you know, one could argue that uh, SharePoint—I'll uh, I, I, try not to swear—but Dropbox uh, and uh, and some of the other uh, unreliable uh, systems. Now, what you know, one could argue that there's some other systems out there. What what are the the pitfalls? Um, and, and and what I'm more interested in. Is there any particular sectors that you've seen uh, growth in wanting wanting your product, maybe over the uh, pandemic, uh, you know, for 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 where uh, uh, potentially certain sectors need to be really considering using alternatives?
1: Um, In terms of the others, I mean, I've mentioned earlier, uh, other systems, depending on where they're based, um, their terms of service say that they will scan and read your stuff and share it with third parties that's a legal requirement due to where they're based. And we we don't work in that way. In terms of sectors, um, I work with a number of IT providers who are increasingly using um, the system with their clients. Um, But conversely, we're also working with a a number of partners, a number of customers, sorry, who uh, are maybe furloughing staff and taking the system off. So we've been working with them to, to reduce the workload that they need so that when they come back, help them plan for when they come back to to be able to, to function effectively and quickly without having to modify the system too much. Um, big change in architects in particular um, and some of the legal clients, um, but there has been significant levels of interest in it um, in, the, in, in certain sectors like property, for example. Um, we have some advocates who uh, endorse, endorse the product openly and um give us the opportunity to to share that with their networks which is great
0: great um richard you um uh you just you store our data in effect um and uh and phil as a reseller um is is uh is using your storage what why should we trust you (laughs) why Um,
3: yes very good question uh i mean i mean we we've been we've been around for quite a long time as i said to start with and we've spent a lot of time and effort making sure we've got the right processes and procedures in place to make sure that the data's safe uh we we try and follow best practice all the time we're iso 27001 compliant and we, we don't just wear that as a, as, as a badge for the sake of it. We, we, we do follow our, our processes and procedures quite strictly. So uh, all, all data is held in secure data centers. All, data, all the data is actually held in uh, Derby and Wakefield. So we're, we're, we're very much local using our own equipment in our own data in it we well not in our own data centers but our own equipment in our own racks that, that we're we're basically ma- managing that from from beginning to end so so we're not reliant on a third party like amazon or microsoft or somebody like that to provide a level of security we are we are where the butt stops uh, and uh, if we have a breach we're the ones that will be sued
0: <laughs> a, a good answer um phil what's uh, what what typically are the biggest uh, uh areas that you need to help your clients with is it is it hardware is it software is it what what's the what what are the key uh areas where you're having to uh, the problems and the pains that your clients have
2: education i think is the starting point uh, as we said at the beginning uh, the technology is great you can move your services to the cloud um, you can have good connectivity you can have all these things unfortunately if clients don't know how to access the files the information the service whatever it is that you've provided them with it's just been a wasted uh, endeavor um the the thing i like about the stuff that the guys at virtual dcs and Nimbox uh, do is the provider i'm going to call it a, a an under one umbrella solution um whereby you can go to a client, or I can go to one of my clients and say, right, okay, what is it you're trying to achieve? They all say, I don't know, we all wanna work from home or whatever it might be. And I can I can effectively pick and choose products and services from one supplier, knowing full well that I've got a really good relationship with them, but but equally importantly, they are specialists in their field. Now that gives me good confidence to be able to go to my clients and say, is a solution that i'm going to put my seal of approval on all we now need to do mr customer is show you how to use it and which is the thing i said right at the beginning you've got to educate your clients in how to access these new world if i can call it that products and services
0: so, and Jason, talking about, uh, you know, if I've got a file that I want to share with someone, you know, whether that be a, a client or a member of staff, and what's the, you know, what, what is the, the most secure way of me sharing that file? There's so many different options. Um,
1: there are, and it, it depends on the on the nature of the file, the level of security you want to to go to. Um, obviously, we, we offer the highest level of security for, for file sharing. Um I don't believe any major issues in the security of um, OneDrive and Office 365, although it is very heavily targeted um, by hackers and scammers. Um, obviously, I'm going to say the most secure is, is our, our, our solution. Yeah, but
0: sorry, away from the product. Actually, I was yeah. meaning instead of. In, correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's a, what you're advocating is 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 at least as a minimum. It's sending a link to the file than sharing it on email for example
1: yeah i mean email is um notoriously insecure can be intercepted um you can encrypt email as well but that involves other sort of third-party solutions um but yeah i certainly wouldn't advocate emailing anything uh, sensitive um
0: and, and but i'm guessing in reality that's what's happening all day every day yeah. So, how do we get? How do as an IT manager, as a, as an organisation, how do we? Uh, is this about policies and procedure? Does it go back to Phil and education? Is that what it, is that what this is all about then?
1: Yeah, Phil's absolutely spot on about educating people about whether it's about process or about risk, and getting people to understand what those risks are. Um, rather than if you talk about products and service, people aren't going to listen to. But if you can have a, a, a th- Full and frank conversation about the processes, the risks. You know, um, engaging with staff and getting them to understand why they have those processes and procedures in place. Um, then you're going to have much better in- engagement throughout the uh, the organisation.
3: I think ease has helped as well. I think the technology has come on, and uh, yeah, I, I remember a, a few years ago we w- we went out to help one of our customers, and uh, they they were an IFA organisation. And uh, as we went round, we have opened in their laptops. We could see their passwords stuck on post-it notes in three quarters of the of the laptops that were being opened. But <laughs> I think I think now the technology has come on so much that people are now far more used to things like two FA challenge responses. Uh, Having to use their mobile phones to log into things, so I I think now, as as things have progressed, there's there's a lot less excuse for uh, for not for not applying some security to what you're doing whereas historically security was difficult it's becoming easier and easier to be secure all the time i think the bigger problem is 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 more around the links in some ways i mean jason's talking about emailing links but what what, what do we feel to the uh, the constant bombardment of links that are they spam is it is it ransomware is that link safe isn't that link safe i know our finance department have just been moaned up from microsoft for not paying an invoice for the last 3 months but you should have seen the email and the link that was in it. You know, you know, she just went, oh, "I'm not
0: going to click on that." <laughs> <laughs> What what's um what's the next big thing that uh, Virtual DCS is working on? Is it is it the 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 thing that the data immutability that we've covered, or is there anything else in the pipeline? Um, The next
3: big thing we're 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 releasing is is object storage. So uh, we'll be able to offer our Amazon S three style service to uh, to our customers, which is quite useful if they want to use other backup products, for example, to back up into us. Uh, It's very useful for our our Office three six five Solution. It works very well with Veeam. If people want to offsite archive data, and if they want to know where that data is, well, it'll be in Derby or Wakefield. So it's uh, it, it's definitely a, a, a better a better thing in my mind than uh, just shipping it off into some random cloud where they're not necessarily even guaranteeing where it where it's where it's going to be from one day to the next. So so the storage as a service is our is our next is our next thing, and that is due uh, middle of July.
0: Great um and i've just got a question in here uh, i'm not sure well hopefully one of you can help me understand the question and secondly uh, hopefully one of you can decide who's best to answer it um but uh, how could a business prevent uh, cloud sprawl
1: yeah, well if i mentioned earlier about analyzing you know the gdpr process of analyzing can we understand can we understand
0: what can we sorry to interrupt you can we understand what it is first
3: Cloud sprawl is basically uh, you give somebody you give somebody Microsoft, and suddenly they've got access to all these products. And then before you know it, they're set up some team sites. And then before you know it, you've got some more team sites. Uh, we we had we had one guy that that came on and he started doing backups and said, you know, you've got two hundred seventy nine SharePoint sites and there's only forty people. And he went, uh, no, absolutely no idea. So th- there are tools out there to protect to to. Uh, to to control that so you can control it with things like policies when uh, when you're creating things like team sites uh, administrators can think rather than uh, just allowing anybody to willy-nilly create a team site you know, to to put processes and procedures in place to basically prevent people from fr- from doing some of this some of these things so i mean obviously microsoft wants you to use everything every, everything in their little tool bag but I, I think you've got to pay some attention to the set and this was a lot what we were talking about earlier when we were saying about people have spent years working out what their digital strategy would be well that that was all to do with a lot of it how they're going to protect data what they're going to let people do what they're going to let people see where they're going to let them see them can they create their own teams site? Like, can they do this can they do that and and, and in reality What's sort of gone in at the moment for lots of people is a nice vanilla box where everybody can, everyone can do everything. I know uh, I was talking to a council the other day who were doing backup, and they've basically spread the rumor that uh, that, that that this is a temporary solution, and at the end of the day, everything's going to be deleted, and they're going to start again when uh, when all when COVID's over. So
0: uh, that that's that's their way of present of preventing sprawl. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Jason, sorry, we we interrupted you. Were you going to add something there? Uh, No, I was just going to say
1: the the GDPR process um, should identify that sprawl because you're looking at what your data is and where it's held and identifying all the different areas. So that's, you know, that process should help limit the the sprawl.
0: Uh, Phil, um, telecoms, uh, you know, you've seen a lot. Um, 5G is on its way um china playing a big part do you have any uh any any takes on this or uh any thoughts on 5g and china's involvement
2: china's in- i was just going to answer your question about the sprawl of first the only okay scroller. go for it go for it phil over the last 12 weeks has been my waistline but that's uh, something completely irrelevant um the the 5g debate will just lumber on because we all understand that having better connectivity for your mobile, your home, uh, your home, your premises, wherever you are, we all know that's a good thing. Security, obviously, of the network is paramount, and I think we live in a society these days where there's always somebody poking a finger at somebody else and saying, "Well, if it's coming from China, it's this. If it's coming from America, it's that. If it's coming from..." and you can you can understand um, the concerns that people have because as Jason's just quite rightly said cyber is it's a multi-billion if not trillion pound business across the globe there is always somebody somewhere trying to either take the money out of your back pocket out of your bank account or steal your data it's it's just there all the time anything that can be done to uh minimize those threats and if it is that there's a a government that's you know just written these terms for so why are we being they say government sponsored although they'll argue they're not um you can understand that that's a risk to somebody and then you fall into the trap of saying well is there an alternative if there is an alternative i'm quite risk averse i would prefer if hawaii were not involved with it if there is a potential risk Um, but again it then boils down to who do you believe in the media the media will say one thing Huawei's involvement is less than 1% in the network. You know, it's a tough call. We're missing the focus of what 5G is about. 5G will offer so much flexibility to how we operate, how we live our lives, the things we do going forward. To me, the focus needs to be refocused, if I can use that phrase, onto what are the benefits of it, not what are the disadvantages of of having Huawei involved in
0: it. we're uh, we're coming very close to the end of this, which has just been fascinating. Uh, I just wanted to uh, totally change the subject for just a second here, because, Richard, not only do I know that you're a huge slow readers fan um, and uh, you must be seriously missing uh, going to gigs right now. Uh, Is that fair to say?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've I've been constantly on chatting to all my slow readers friends online. And yeah, it's uh,
0: definitely definitely missing it. But but not only that, I didn't realize that you were a a head swimming coach as well. So uh, (laughs) you've been looking at my profile. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you must, I guess, uh, I guess, you know, when 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 swimming going to start again?
3: Uh, when the councils open, the pool I, I will probably probably be uh, the earliest we can do it. We don't do any lakes or rivers so that'll be when the pools open uh, and
1: I, I don't really know Jason's probably more yeah. put his finger on the sporting pulse than me on this. Well, a good friend of mine, um, I actually support him as a stroke survivor, he's also a swimming instructor for Leeds City Council. And he was in yesterday and and they were going through the plans for how they're gonna actually operate. And he's expecting that to sort of come online sort of mid July, I think, Um, depends on the area. I'm in Kirkley's at the moment and Kirkley's active leisure have furloughed 95% of the staff. So even though we've got updated guidelines on when we can go back on the track, they haven't got the staff available to actually facilitate that. So we've got athletes going great, we can run, but no facility and no way of actually using the facility as yet. So it's it's gonna be gradual. And there's what? so many questions over how it's going to operate as well um, with social distancing. Um, but we just don't know what's going to happen, certainly not when it comes to com- competition. What about when it comes to park runs? It's a very good question. Parkrun worldwide are reviewing this constantly. They're ultimately under the guidance of local um, areas, so um, England Athletics, Inshore um, Parkrun in the UK and they're taking guidance from all the countries individually. And it's going to have to be very carefully managed because there's what, six, 7 million registered part runners in the world and everyone's missing it. And if they open, um, in an unstructured way, it will create a big risk, but they're very mindful of it. And, um, yeah, I, I know Tom, the COO is, um, being very, very cautious
0: it's yeah it is it's a crazy world uh this has been fascinating uh i've really enjoyed this thank you very much for all taking time to uh discuss what would be really good to know is where we can find you online uh so if we wanted to discuss directly with you if we wanted to discuss file sharing with with jason or uh you know cloud and uh, and hosting and data with richard or uh you you describe yourself uh phil uh it's M- msp managed service provider is that is that what you yeah
2: so we within the two businesses so biscuits the it arm of the business and yorkshire telecom is the telephony um from 1995 um effectively anything i I use the phrase when i talk to potential customers if you hit it with a keyboard we get involved if you speak into it we get involved so mobiles the whole kit and caboodle. anything that's going to make your transition from working in an office to home easier we get involved with it
0: where where do we find you online phil uh typically you would uh, best place for me
2: always is my email address which is a really simple one of phil with a double l at
1: biscuit.uk.com really, really brilliant
0: simple. thank you jason if we're looking for you where do we
1: find you um predominantly on linkedin or through the Nimbox website that comes straight to myself um we're pretty active in the the support group as well um If people want to email me, it's jason.newell at nimbox.co.uk.
0: And I was about to say the website is nimbox.co.uk, isn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, And Richard, if we're wanting to talk to you, where will we find you? Yeah, you can get us through
3: our website, which is uh, www.virtualdcs.co.uk. If you want more information on 365 Backup, you can get that on office365backup.co.uk. Or you can always ask Phil if he can help you too. <laughs> and Finally, uh, f- finally uh, you can get me on my email address, which is richard.may at virtualdcs.co.uk
0: fabulous thank you once again uh if you have other topics that you'd like us to do live q a's with please do let us know uh drop in the comments uh if you're not aware of the facebook group please uh, go over head over to facebook have a look at the coronavirus yorkshire business support group uh, and if this was uh enjoyable or it helped or or anything at all please do like comment or share thanks so much for watching uh, and we will see you all again soon if you want to say goodbye see you all soon take okay. care you've been listening to the johnny ross audio experience thanks so much for joining me if you want to continue the conversation head over to my website fleek.marketing or find me on linkedin that's all for today please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on itunes it will make a huge difference for me i will see you soon